Hey there, dog. Well, hey there, Karen. How goes it? It goes. How are all of you listeners doing? Thank you, as always, for tuning in. Here we are, trudging through season six. Boy, are we trudging. Y'all. Well, what is this? Season six, episode 22? 22. A Christine, a Christine runs, runs through, through it. it. <laughs> Christine's dead. Yeah. Fake Christine is dead. And real Christine <laughs> is presumably dead, too. Yeah. And we finally get, like, okay, so this we episode. We get a smidge. We, we get a smidge of explanation. We yeah, we we kind of finally get like the info dump we've been waiting for. Um in terms of who the fuck is this woman? Um and then I'm trying was, to think what was, was this woman? Was this woman? Sorry, was this woman? And then I mean, there was oh my god, now there was a moment and I was like what the fuck? And now I don't remember what that moment was. I so. think well, I think we'll get to I think I'll if it's what I'm thinking of we'll we'll address it. Okay, I mean, and so basically the storylines were basically just two this time, yeah. really. Yeah, we have the we have our big storyline. All of the Kyle Amanda Taylor stuff finally starts coming to a head, like not really to fruition, but um, and then there's like the minor storyline running with Jennifer and Billy and Samantha, and then like we don't have the rest of our gang until more than halfway through the episode. Yeah, and even then um, they just kind of sprinkle them in as if like, like well, I we think had Lexi to pay has you. like a line. Yep, yeah. I think it's just like you're gonna show up so we can you get your money and that's all. Yeah, yeah, it's like well we're paying you anyway because they're all in the opening credits, so y- y'all gonna get to work. Um, or or they just needed filler. I I don't know. It I don't it was know. very. It, there was just a, a sort of a sprinkle of the rest, but it was mostly um, those two storylines. Uh, so where do you want to start? Should we just like get Samantha? Yeah, I think so. Really over with because it's just kind of. Eh. Um. Yeah, I th- I I think that's exactly what we should do. Um. Okay. So we still have um, Sam uh, confiding in Jennifer about uh, about her affair with. Um, with the baseball player there what's his name jeff 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 thank you and and so she's basically now like drama queen i'm a full-on adulteress and it was like oh my god yeah i mean she's made jennifer her girlfriend that but she's like justifying her uh infidelity in in this way which is like um I'm having this experience and I can't stop and I can't stop talking to you about it, but, but I'm not going to feel bad as much as I'm just going to keep talking about it. Yeah. You know, their friendship seems very one-sided. Yeah. I don't think Samantha has asked Jennifer what's going on with you or how are you in the time we've seen them. Not at all. In fact, like when I was like watching their relationship, I was kind of like, yeah, Jennifer, I understand why you're trying to steal her man. (laughs) So, uh, so yeah, so Sam is now a full-blown adulteress, as she said dramatically, and she's whinging about it with Jen. And I still love Billy with all my heart, but I just feel this magnetic pull with Jeff and I can't not, I can't not have sex with him. It was just, it was just really too much. Yeah. Jennifer's like trying to get her to say like, so the marriage with Billy is over and you're going to leave him for Jeff because now you're in love with Jeff. And she's like, no, no, I still love Billy. But, you know, the sex with Jeff is just so good. You know, I have these carnal urges or whatever she says. <laughs> carnal urges. 
<laughs> Which, you know, I mean, so she's effectively emasculated her husband completely. Which, I mean, Jeff is kind of hubba hubba and he is a pro oh, yeah. sports guy, you know, and, and women sometimes like pro sports guys. I'm not one, but sure, <laughs> there's an appeal. Um, so anyway, in the middle of all of this, um, in walks Billy, who just kind of like comes in and doesn't even look around or anything. And he's like, Jen, we've got to talk. And right. Because yeah, he comes in with a mission. Right. Yeah. Yeah. He's very Cause why? Because, yeah, why would he be thinking that Samantha is in there opening up to Jennifer about something? Like, he should be her person if there's something she needs to talk about. Right. But he, like, walks in because I think he's about to unload about their kiss. Like, he's like, hey, yeah, well, I think he wants, I think he wants to, I think he wants to talk about, yeah, where they left off the yeah. last night. Yeah. And so all of a sudden, like, Sam's like, oh, 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 oh no, Jennifer, Jen, sorry, Jennifer's like, oh, Billy, because Sam's still prattling on and on about how, like, you know, Mr. Baseball, and yeah. you know, she wants to take a swing with his bat. How was that? Was that funny? How was that? Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> I was trying to make a punny joke. She wants to take. What a you swing said was that punny? Yeah. Bat. Was it funny? Yeah. I, I mean, is it punny or is it entendre? On. <laughs> I don't know what is it is it on tone or is it punny? I'm not sure. I guess it's not punny, <laughs> but y'all see what it no. did there, right? Yes, I think they did. You guys okay. did, right? You did. You, you yes, did? you did. Okay, cool. You did. Um, yeah, they did. I'm feeling they did. Um. So so that effectively shuts up Sam, and then Billy's like, "What are you doing up here?" Because I guess it's like crack O'Dawn, which um Jennifer makes a crack about in the next the next time they're together. Um, and, yeah. and she's like, and he's like, I was looking for you and we should go carpool to work. And, yeah. Cause you know, they work yeah. together at the same yeah. place. I mean, I assumed that they were carpooling the whole time. I did too. But I guess not. And, um, and, what a waste. and Sam, what, I, this is why we have climate issues, people. Um, <laughs> true. And, this, and so, <laughs> So, uh, so basically, um, Sam, I'm, I'm, get, I'm keep getting all of these people confused. I'm like, Sam, Jen, Sam, Jen. Sam says that she's got to go to a mall after work, which is probably just code for I'm going to go swing my boyfriend's bat. I did it again. I'm so tired. Can you on on ton. Not on punny, ton. perhaps, but on ton. Mm. On ton. Um, no, so I guess it is punny. It's it's a little bit of it's a little bit of punny. It's a little bit of unpun. <laughs> um, Doing yeah. it for you guys. <laughs> um, so basically, yeah. I mean, for somebody who claims that she loves her husband oh so much, she just can't keep her hands off of Jeff. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, you can't you can't have both. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so the, the next time we see Sam and she is with Jeff, they're back in bed. She gets up real quick and Jeff is like sort of like reaching for her, but we didn't even get a chance to talk. And she's like, got a shower, got to go. Yeah. She's but, like, it's already nine o'clock. I have to, Billy's going to be home soon. Uh, I've got a shower first. 
Yeah, and she, and I mean, she is just like she is. She's kind of she's really kind of using him, and I can't even believe that he's not like, hey, wait, you don't really like me. Like she's just in it for the nookie, and that's it. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't know why he is as infatuated with her as he seems to be. I have no idea. I don't see it either. But there you go. Um, so, so then I, we're at work, right? Yeah. So I guess it's the next day, presumably. Okay. I feel I feel a little time warpy in this in this episode. Like it just yeah, I, it's I, up I, and down and all around. Yeah, like I can't really tell how things are progressing. They're just progressing, and it's like, is it to, is it today? Is it tomorrow? What's going on? But yeah, so I guess it's the next day, and um, I get Billy's at Sam's desk, and her phone talking about something. And her phone rings, and of, co- of course it's Jeff, and he's trying to like, you know, talk her into going on a trip with him, and she's lying to Billy, saying, "Oh, it's the Dippity Dog campaign." Yeah, it's the dog food client, right? Is that what it's called, Dippity Dog? <laughs> Dippity Dog. <laughs> or, I don't know. I could be that could be wrong. <laughs> I, I think it was Dippity Amazing. Dog. <laughs> and and so there's like this back and forth, and she's like you know, let me put him on hold and she's got to like kind of get rid of Billy and then she can get back on the phone with Jeff. And she's like, don't call me at work. You know? <laughs> it's like, you can't call her at home. You can't call her I mean, her yeah, work. pretty hard to do in a pre-cell phone day, right? Yeah. You live with your husband and you work with your husband and that's the only phone that you have access to. What's the girls to do? I know, I know. Or what's, what's poor Jeff to do? He's clearly infatuated and she is treating him like dippity dog do. Like dippity dog do. <laughs> So, of course, the next morning, crack O'Dawn, oh, she has to, Sam runs to Jennifer's to talk about this. And um, and now Jennifer is going to get a little conniving, but just a little. Yes. And again, I well, can You know, like, see. the doors are opening for her. She's not prying them open. Yeah, yeah. And I can kind of see why she's doing it, you know. So as, you know, Sam is going on and on about how Jeff wants to go take her to San Diego for 24-hour whatever so that they can be alone, um, you know, Jennifer kind of convinces her to go for it and, and and is sort of saying, oh, you should you should maybe do it just once. Get it out of your system. Just one day you'll have a lifetime with Billy. So now she is really kind of pushing Sam she is directly she is towards infidelity. Absolutely pushing that. Yeah. 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 Um, back in the office. So now we're, I, I guess, on day three. Um, and uh, Sam goes into Billy's office for whatever reason. And Billy's got a gift for her. Mm. And she is feeling a little guilty now. And it turns out to be a dress to wear to an awards dinner because Billy's winning an award. Yeah. Because he's Mr. Advertising. And she's like, oh, but I've got to go to... Oh, yeah, because Sam agreed. That's what it was. Sam... Uh, not Sam. Jennifer agreed Jennifer. that she would be her... She would be sort of the alibi for she's San Francisco. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. She, that, that, um, that they're sending um, Sam to San Francisco... For, uh, San Diego, sorry. Uh, to For something to do with the cauterizing gloves ad campaign right 
So it was, so that's, that's sort of her, her smoke screen. Um, and so basically she's like, oh, but, oh, but, oh, I just got off the phone with Jennifer and like, I've got to go to San Diego and I, it has to be me. I've got to bring the art things. And basically Billy's like sulking now. Cause he's like, well, you know, family comes first and she's like, or she said something like work comes first. And he's like, but what about family? or whatever, but his is technically work. So whatever. But anyway, she convinces him actually that he should take Jennifer in her stead. Yeah. Like a dumbbell, but yes, she does. And then she runs to her desk to call Jennifer and be like, go to this thing with Billy. So she's effectively shoving the two of them together. She is. And it is kind of funny because Sam is completely above, well, always oblivious to anyone but her, but no idea what's going on with Billy and Jennifer. So when Samantha thinks this is a very innocent solution, Billy take Jennifer to the awards, but Billy is like, wait, why? Like <laughs> she, what does she know? <laughs> what are you talking about? Yeah. Why would you say that? Yeah. Yeah. And she's just like, cause she's my best friend. Oh dear. Oh dear. But good for them, right? I guess. They're living their best lives. Yeah. Look, he's an award winner. He is an award winner. So now we're in the next day. What? Are, now we're on day four? Day four? Day, four? day five? Um, you know, Jeff and Sam, I guess, are in San Diego because they're in the shower together. and that's no, we, Yes, they are. They do show an exterior shot of, like, wherever they're supposed to be staying. Yeah. And Jeff professes his love. He wants her to leave Billy. And she looks kind of shell-shocked. Yeah. Oh, I have a question. Mm. So one of the things that I noticed in this episode is that we seem to have lingering sort of intimate moments with the characters that we haven't really had before when they're getting, when they're like in those intimate moments. Like I feel like, the shower scene with Jeff and Sam, like, I don't know that we would have gotten that before. Like, it just feels a little bit different. It feels a little bit more explicit than it has in the past. Um, I, I wonder, I'm trying to think, I mean, I know there are instances of like, elongated love scenes on the show. Like when Michael and Kimberly got back together after she came back from the quote unquote dead. Um, I think the first time Billy and Allison ever got together, um, you know, Billy and Amanda have had shower sex on an episode. I'm like, I'm trying to go think, did Jake ever have anything that was like, not just him like ramming his tongue down someone's throat and then waking up in bed the morning after, but, but I can't I, call anything to mind. <laughs> but I feel like we really get can. more of those. Yeah, you know I think we got I mean? a lot more of those like, with the guitar more, and everything. Yeah, like I feel like we get more of those than we do these sort of more explicit. And I feel like in this episode, we had a bunch of kind of more explicit moments like the shower. And then I can't remember where else they came. Uh, it came in. Um, it could have been with Billy and Sam, not Sam, um, Jennifer, maybe. Uh, I don't know. It just felt like there was a little bit more, 
lingering on the on the on the on the few scenes that there were and i was wondering if this is sort of like a new like they're just trying to like i don't know sex it up to keep the viewership there um they like maybe they're trying they're trying to use this in instead of i don't know good writing um to <laughs> get people to watch um, I don't know, because the only way you really get people to watch is if you advertise that you're doing, like, elaborate sexual stuff, which Ally McBeal was doing at this time, but I don't think they're trying to chase that down. Mm. Um, and I don't even get that they were promoting any of it. So mm. I don't know. But I do think it ties back into what we've been saying since the start of the season, which is, like, it's more daytime soapy than it ever yes. was before. So yeah. this is certainly an example of that. Yeah, and we have another great example um, in the other, I think, the other the other episode, the other storyline. Um, so we're, we're, let's just finish this, knock this off, because we've just got one more scene with Billy and Jennifer coming out of the dinner, and it looks like they had a really good time together. I really like them together, and I just I wish too. you would leave Sam, because they are too. so cute together. And they're making Sam so ridiculous. Yes, they really are. Um, and also, she's a bad actress. I just like saying that. Yeah, <laughs> she's a terrible actress. And so when you put her and Andrew Shue together, it's like, oh. Um. So yeah. So um. Basically, it looks like they had a great time. And then the valet comes with the car, and Billy looks at the car, and he's like, "I don't want this night to end." And Jennifer's like, "Well, we are at a hotel." And up they go, and you know they get the hotel room. They get the room. And that and, is that. And that is that. Now Billy is a full-on adulterer too. Again, perhaps. No. First, the, first, the first time with Samantha. Has he? I can't. I guess he slept with Amanda on a break with Allison. Oh, but I mean, I mean, because Sam called herself the, an adulterer in a very yeah. No, I know. I guess I know. In this, in this case, in, in the storyline, yes, yeah. yes, 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 yeah. yes, 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 yes. Yeah, exactly. Um. And I'm glad that they didn't try and stretch it out a bit more so that Jennifer resisted. I'm glad that they were like, you're at the hotel. We're going to move. We're going to lean into the, the double-sided adultery. Right. Here we go. Here we're building we go. up to it. And when we're, we're done, here we go. Because really, let's move this along. Yeah. So moving right along. Um, <laughs> moving this right along. And we shall. <laughs> moving this right along um we are moving to the whole christine debacle well or do we want to talk about these other people for two minutes first oh what other people uh exactly but you know um megan and coop and lexi and a little bit of peter oh sure go go for it i mean what's what can we say they were in the episode for a hot minute yeah, they, like, each have a scene, uh, mm. and they don't show up before we're, like, 35 minutes into the episode. Yeah. Megan and Michael are having dinner at Kyle's, and Coop shows up. Um, she had said that she was helping Michael work on his resume, and he's like, so why are you having dinner with him? I'm here to just pick up some food. I hope I see you later. Goodbye. But he doesn't leave, because eventually we see that Coop and Peter are drinking together again at the bar. The bar is closed. Um, Jennifer is like, it's already been last call. You guys got to go. Um, <laughs> yeah, I liked that part. That was that was about the only part I liked. Yeah. Um, and there's this weird thing where Coop is 
talking and first like elliptically and then like pretty upfront about how he loves Megan, but he tells Peter about the codicil and the will and old man Sterling's will. Um, and Coop is like basically asking Peter for permission to either move back on with Lexi uh, or not. And Peter doesn't give him permission to do anything with Lexi. Uh, yeah, I mean, he basically tells Peter, like, he basically asks Peter to get back together with Lexi so he won't be tempted to try and take that $10 million because he really loves Megan. If you really love Megan, like, would you be tempted by $10 million? No. I mean, if you really loved Megan, you would just say no. You know, particularly... And you also wouldn't be shitty to Megan. Yeah, and particularly since, like, we talked about last week, it's not like he's in the poor house like he makes a pretty good living he's a surgeon yeah he's doing okay um so yeah so that 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 whole thing's stupid but yeah there's coop there's coop buddying up with peter again and then and then what we see um so then lexi shows up in a scene that i thought was going to turn out to be a dream uh, peter <laughs> peter comes lexi is at Peter in Coop's office. I don't know why. Lexi now has her own office, and Coop is there half the time. Um, but Peter is bringing Lexi coffee. I guess Coop got called away, and he Coop was going to bring his colleague, former lady, her coffee, but couldn't. So Peter's giving her her coffee, and and he's like, "How do you like it?" And she says something like, "Sugar, no cream." Yeah, something which like that. Gross. And um. And then they kiss again. And that's what I was like, and that's when he's going to snap out of his daydream or something, but he doesn't. That's actually like the last time we see them in the episode. So are they back together? It sure seems like they are. Which is like the stupidest reunion that I could possibly imagine it after really she's is. been holding out. Yeah, because nothing was resolved between them. No. No, I guess all she really ever needed was some caffeine. And all would have been forgiven. Doesn't it always work like that, though? I mean, I know for uh, me, caffeine it's more uh, more often than not. It's I mean, true. honestly, bring me a coffee. I'm no longer mad, right? Yeah, I want coffee right now, actually. I know, right? Ugh. Okay. So that that leads us to our our big front runner storyline of the episode. Um, and Good before we even God. get started, yes cosine already to what you just said um but before we even start i just want to say i remembered from watching this in real time i still think this is one of the longest cold opens i have ever seen in a tv episode I basically figured they did away with the cold open because this thing went on. Like, and on they were just, like and it was on. just the episode. It was right? just the episode. Like, yeah. it was never going to be the theme song, <laughs> the credit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It did go on and on and on and on and on and on. Um, yeah. And, and it's basically hijinks, right? For the first. Through through uh, for the whole cold open, basically. Just I mean, yeah, but like so stupid and dark at the same time that like hijinks almost doesn't cover it, but it's bad. I mean, I don't know. I felt like. Am I? I mean, well, okay. Do you disagree? Before we even get into the details, that it's bad. I mean, I think that it was like it. It almost felt like it was their attempt of doing camp but they were just doing it wrong. Maybe, but I think they've done camp pretty well for so long to know the difference. 
Right, but I think that maybe they tried and they just were like, did it. It just really felt like they were trying to make the woman's death and what came after it a comedy bit. Yeah, I could see that they may have thought that was what was going on. You know, so, so okay, so Christine's dead and they're hiding behind Taylor's car um, hiding the body and themselves from Amanda and Kyle, who've now been whisked away in their just married car. Okay, fine. Now they've got a body. What do they do? And it's Taylor who is like freaking out. You, you know, she says something like, "Like your your fingerprints are all over her." And I was like, "Oh, I don't know if that's a thing, but okay." And then and then and then and then they basically like concoct this plan that, or I guess it's Nick concocts the plan where he has to like haul the body into the back of the of Taylor's truck and they go they get into or the SUV they get into Taylor's car they they go over into the hotel and get Christine's car and they're basically this whole this whole time they're doing this Taylor is freaking out and she's so over the top freaking out that it becomes funny I can't drive with a dead body in my car if the police call pull me over you know it just it it was like it was like almost like she was playing it for humor or for funny rather than for dramatic effect and maybe it was just her not being able to pull this off um but i kind of think you just hit it okay i kind of think she's like like one and a half trick pony and that's what she can do because i don't think the way they're setting it up which is nick and taylor are doing this thing he's now got this plan with dead Christine or dead fake Christine, but it's being juxtaposed with Kyle and Amanda in their honeymoon suite and having dinner and getting ready to be romantic. And that, like that is trying to build suspense. Right. So, so I think it's actually kind of the way she is playing it. Okay. All right. Well, I mean, she's in a completely different um, show then at this point. But like, she's not even in a. She's not even in the same show as Nick. You know. Yeah. 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 So you know, I mean, but Nick is kind of also, and through this whole, really through this whole thing, and more so through this whole episode, through this whole storyline, and now in really into this episode, that sort of mustache twirling bad guy. Yeah, and and additionally, not at all the guy we had met him and knew him to be a year earlier. Right, right. And definitely not the actor we knew a year earlier. He was not a mustache twirling kind of actor. No, he wasn't. No, I mean, you know, you do what they tell you to do. Yeah, I mean, he was serviceable. You know what I mean? Like, he wasn't, but but this is just something sort of, like, I don't know. Whatever he's doing right now to portray this character is just absolutely ridiculous. And it's dragging this whole storyline. It's not a good storyline to begin with, but then to have this sort of acting going on, it just makes it sort of 15 times worse, you know? Yeah, maybe 16, yeah. Maybe 16, yeah. It's really just bad. Um, so, I don't know. Where are we? So, so we're going back and forth. So there's this, like, little bait and switch where... I said bait in. I mean bait and. Um, where Kyle and Amanda check into the honeymoon suite of their hotel. And even though it's like 10 o'clock at night or whatever, the 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 concierge is like, well, your suite won't be ready for another half hour. There was a late checkout, which is like, that's impossible. What 
what is going on here? Um, but, you know, it's Melrose, so anything is possible. Um, but it turns out that Kyle has, like, reserved the lounge or whatever it is so that they can have a candlelit romantic private dinner. It actually and looked very lovely. It did look lovely. It did. It looked very lovely, yes. Um. And so we're going back and forth. So Taylor and Nick go and they get fake Christine's real car. So they're driving in two cars. Um, and while Taylor is driving, Peter calls looking for fake Christine who has quote unquote escaped. Um, and Taylor's like, I don't know. I heard she went back to New Mexico. I can't talk. And she hangs up on him. Um, <laughs> Kyle and Amanda go to their hotel room. And like, I mean, I've never seen service this good. Someone knocks at their door um, and hands them a telephone message. And it's basically like Taylor has, has said for someone to write down verbatim in very nice, clear block handwriting. Like, you were right. You were wrong. I, I did have the guts. Thanks for giving me the shove I needed. Something like that. So Amanda, who I think looks kind of tipsy when they first get into the room, having come back from their dinner, um, is stone cold sober again. And she realizes, oh, shit, maybe Christine is dead. Um, so I have a question. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Who actually wrote this note? Was this a, was this a ruse because of what... Um, Nick and Taylor are, are about to do or was this already pre-set up with Christine? No, I think this is them in motion with this new plan. With this new plan. Okay, because that think kind of wasn't point, clear. It's not. Okay. I, I the, Like, this whole story is a wing and a prayer and spit and cement, but uh, they, I think one of them, likely Taylor, uh, called the front desk and was like, can you bring a message to this couple. They're in the honeymoon suite. These are their names and write down exactly this, which I don't actually see her having the presence of mind to have said all of, but you know, whatever. Um, but I think that's how they got the message. I don't think this was already part of the plan. Part of their original plan with yeah. Christine. Right. Okay. Um, so, so then, um, Amanda, she lies to Kyle, kind of, and she's like, you go shower, um, I'm going to change into something sexier or whatever. She's like, I, I bought new lingerie. So he goes into the shower, and then she runs all the way down to the lobby. <laughs> she sprints out of there. <laughs> um, and she calls 911, right? Like, she's, because she says, I want... Um, I mean, she's she like, calls... I want to, I want to call, she's like, she calls somebody to report a potential suicide, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't, I don't know. They put her on hold or something. I like, they're not paying attention. And like anything they can do to stall out this opening and try and drum up suspense. Right. Um, again, this suspense isn't working on us, the viewer, because we already know that Christine is dead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's no suspense for us. Like it's inevitable that at some point Kyle and Amanda are going to get information, but it's not it's not a matter of time that like they can or can't save Christine. Right. She fake Christine. She dead. Um and and then meanwhile Peter calls the hotel the honeymoon suite and Kyle answers out of the shower. Um and and he's like, Well, Christine escaped. Um, and we're going back and forth. Nick and Tyler are like waiting for the train to arrive. I don't know what like small town suddenly LA has become, but I don't know like, where these like tr- tracks in the woods are. Um, 
But um, so they're waiting for the train, and then suddenly Kyle is down in the lobby, and he sees Amanda, and she she admits the truth, and, or part of the truth at least, and he's like, it doesn't matter. They go to find her. Nick puts her on the tracks, um, and Kyle and Amanda are driving, and in a nice moment, they're holding hands while they are sitting there in the car. Um, Taylor has like a pang of remorse. Um, and Nick is like, let's go. And they drive yeah. away just in time, basically, for Kyle and Amanda to arrive. They park right next to fake Christine's real car. Um, and and he looks at her and he like has this like look of shock on his face. Eyes are bulging. Um, and like further out, Taylor and Nick are like kind of watching. And so they see Christine. She looks grisly dead i imagine yeah they don't um, show her like there's no way they could show yeah. this but yeah like it it's clearly the woman they knew to be christine and she's clearly dead um and kyle kind of like glares at amanda um okay so then we finally go to the credits like 27 minutes into the episode. <laughs> so we come back there's now it's the next day there's a cop talking to Kyle. He's like, yep, it looks like a suicide. Just be available for any questioning. Um, Kyle asks Amanda why she lied about the note. And then she tells him about the other letter that Taylor faked and hand-delivered to her where it was. It looked like fake Christine had written it but was lying that she had... And, um, Kyle hadn't slept together and she's like, she mentions how she visited Christine and said terrible things. And Kyle is kind of like, well, look, we're both to blame for all this. Right. Uh, and then we go to Christine's room. Uh, Nick is rifling through her stuff, like getting rid of anything that might connect the two, him and Taylor to Christine. Taylor is sa- continually saying things that make her sound guilt ridden. Um, and she's like, starting to panic and she's about to leave and Kyle drags her forcibly back into the room and threatens her, tells her to keep her mouth shut. And yes, to what you were saying with like the mustache twirling, like he's being a real tough now. He's being very like old school film noir, but like B movie noir. Right. About it. Um, So Kyle and Amanda are like trying to move on and toasting with champagne in their apartment and then Taylor comes by saying, oh, I just heard about Christine. I'm so sorry. And it kind of, like, you know, and it breaks the reverie. Amanda walks away. Kyle goes to her and he's like, okay, and now you're going to leave. He closes the door um, and he goes to Amanda in the bathroom and Amanda is now just upset. So Kyle goes to Peter to try and ease Amanda's guilt. Um, you know, say like that even you pushed for us to get married. Um and we see Amanda coming to the hospital, but it sounds like, I don't know, was she going, like, was Christine in a morgue and she just wanted to see Christine's body to make peace to get closure with it? Is that why she's there? Or is she there because Peter called her to have her come and talk to her? I think she said she wanted to make peace, I think. I think that was her. So how was going to the hospital going to do that? Was she like going know. to look at her like I under guess... a blanket, under a sheet? I... I guess she was going to like look at her under, under like okay. look at her body or something. Cause Peter says something to her. That's like, you don't want to see that. Like, no. Right. And he basically gives her the pep talk that Kyle wanted, but Amanda's not really having any of it. And then he also mentions that like Kyle came to me and asked me to say this to you. And she's like, well, I don't need you to do Kyle's bidding. Like, and give me a pep talk. So goodbye. 
<laughs> like there was probably more potential for something bonding or, or something to have happened there, but it's kind of a waste of a scene. Right. Like it's nice that Kyle went to Peter to help build this bridge, but it doesn't add up to anything. Right. Um, and then Tyler comes to Nick because a detective came to the restaurant that day, was asking about Christine. And this is when we get the information dump that you were talking about before we get a little bit more information about nick and we understand a bit more about nick's connection to fake christine and it was sort and it was also kind of i mean lazy she was a showgirl in vegas in vegas and a stripper and um she got hurt in a car accident which is where she got the scar on her head and then he said something about like and that's why i shouldn't drive drunk so it was nick's fault right so he was probably dating her hooking up with her at some point and he was drinking and driving and that's the accident and that's what scarred her right which is like this is now already a very different nick than i think what we understood him to be before because he seemed to be like whatever kind of low life he was, he had a, some sort of moral code. But right. as we'll find out in the next couple of scenes, like there's no moral code. No, moral code is gone. Yeah. It's been sort of kicked right out of him. Um, yeah, and Taylor still wants to go to the cops. And then and then he does, once again, the, the mustache twirl and, you know, I'm the mafioso and you're going to swim the, with the fishes if you say that again, you know? Yeah. Um, and I think we have another Amanda scene with Kyle. Um, so now the first, they were like, everything's okay. We're both to blame. Let's try and move on. And that's already the marriage, which is like a day and a half old is now starting to fray. Amanda says the whole marriage is cursed. They start fighting, which leads to Kyle saying he does think that Amanda is partly responsible. Um, and that her dishonesty was part of the problem. Um, and um but that he says they can get through this and amanda says christine is now a bigger problem dead than she ever was alive and she tells them she like kicks them out she goes i think you should sleep in your own apartment tonight right um and then i guess this is the next day next evening he's drinking alone at the upstairs so of course taylor comes over to him um and she offers for him to take some time off. And he tells, he starts opening up to her, right? Right. Like, yeah. Tells her that he blames Amanda and says that yeah. he didn't really know Christine. Um, no, I'm sorry. Then, then that's when Taylor says, well, you didn't really know Christine. Just think like you didn't really know Nick. Remember? And Kyle's like, why do you bring that up? And she's yeah. like, oh, just using that as an example. <laughs> no reason. Have another drink. <laughs> just the first name that came to mind. <laughs> and then Taylor comes home. Um, and I didn't notice it at first, but it's the middle of the day. And she comes into her apartment. And Nick is there. And then we see her and we get a full shot and she's got a stain on her sweater. Um, so she, this is the middle of the day and she's coming home to change her top because of that stain. Um, I was like, oh, okay, that's why. But at the same time, I'm like, if she wasn't going to, she wasn't really due to leave for like another eight or 10 hours or so, was Nick literally just going to sit in the chair in the dark in her apartment that whole day? I mean, I'm getting that he's psychotic, but that seems crazy. It does seem um, a bit much. But while Taylor and Nick are talking again, uh, Kyle comes and knocks. So Nick's got to hide. Um, so Taylor lets him in. Again, I mean, I wonder, should Kyle have thought Taylor would have even been home? But I guess he could have seen or heard her or whatever. Um, 
he wants to know more about what she was saying about Christine and Nick. And she kind of bluffs, but he's pushing. And he's like, if you're lying, I'm going to find out. But she's able to successfully get him out of the apartment. And then she goes into the bathroom where Nick had been hiding, but the bathroom window is open and Nick has sneaked out. Um, and then late at night, I don't know if it's that night or the next night, but after hours when it's just Taylor at Kyle's the, at the restaurant, Nick has broken in and he's drinking at the bar and he's like, let's do one last toast before I hit the road. And they drink and, you know, talk a little bit. And then he starts wiping down the bottle and wiping down the glass. And he's like, yeah, it's the least I could do. Don't have to, don't need one more dirty glass or whatever and then she sees him putting on gloves and then taylor realizes that nick is going to kill her (laughs) yeah (laughs) which i mean we realized really from the jump but it's fine whatever yeah (laughs) yeah again this is not the nick we've ever known before but stories gotta happen so so he blocks her exit from the front entrance and she runs into the kitchen um, and she knocks over, you know, like some shelves, but it doesn't really stop him. He, um, he catches up and throws her against the wall and knocks her out. Um, but only then do we hear Michael coming back in and interrupting, even though it's late. So remember when I said that he and Megan had been working on his resume? I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know what makes Megan this great tutor in the first place, but Michael had left the hard copy of his resume at the restaurant, so he came back to claim it. But Michael being there is enough to to scare Nick away. Nick flees, but in doing so, he kicks a glass or knocks a glass over or something. Michael hears the noise in the kitchen and comes in. So Taylor is starting to come to, but she's out of it, and she starts babbling to Michael about Nick um, and Kyle and uh, a bunch of stuff that he can sort of start piecing some of this together. Um, And he takes her away. She wakes up in his downtown or bad neighborhood clinic. Um, He tells her that she has a concussion and he wants to observe her for a few days. And she says, no, I need to get out of town too. And then she explains the whole thing to him. And again, she's explaining it like like she's in a screwball comedy or something. Right. Um, but he listens to him because he's Michael. Like, he doesn't really judge her. He's like, okay, I'll help, but it's going to cost you. Um, and then we, then we see him helping her mm-hmm. because... And I don't know how Nick would have found this out, but Nick comes to the hospital saying that I heard Taylor was here. And I'm not sure how he would have known anything about that other than like, well, I think, I think Michael and Michael and Taylor kind of set that up because Michael was like, well, you know, I walked in and when I walked in and found you, what I would have done was call 911 and where do, what happens when the ambulance comes? Where do they take you? And then they're like, oh, the emergency room. And he's like, I'll go to the emergency room and divert him because they assume that that's where. Oh, okay. It's okay. They yeah. think he's going to like, he's like Terminator at this point. No, yeah. Like, where, yeah. Where is the next location? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So they're just kind of like, where would he go? Where would it make sense for Taylor to be? Cause that's where Nick is going to go and make sure that he finished the job. Right. But he turns out he doesn't need to because Michael tells him that, yeah, unfortunately Taylor died of a brain hemorrhage and there were no fingerprints, no witnesses. So it's a shame. And now she's dead. Yeah. It was just kind of, yeah. Yeah. So now, so Nick is happy to hear that. Yeah. So, uh, a close call for Taylor. 
Um, and then we just see, like, to close out the episode, Kyle is also, he's talking to the, whoever runs, like, the motel where fake Christine, the showgirl, was staying. Um, and the guy's like, yeah, she's she's still paid up. Go ahead. Do whatever you need. What are you looking for? And Kyle's like, just looking for an answer. Um, and then Amanda is walking by the train tracks and they flash back to like her remembering all the stuff she had said that potentially had provoked Christine um, in the last episode. So, so this, this guilt is really sitting heavily on Amanda and threatens her and Kyle's new marriage. And then that's where we are. The tale of the new adventures of dead Christine. The new <laughs> oh, that was a good one. All right. Well, then that's the title of the episode. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Um, I, I mean, I'm kind of curious uh, how Michael is now going to be involved uh, in yeah. this whole uh, kerfuffle. Um you know, because now he clearly is involved in, in whatever the hell is going on. And I'm assuming that this is the, not the last we see of Nick, but I could be wrong. I don't remember, but I can't imagine that's it. Yeah. I can't imagine that he really just took that at face value and was like, bye. Yeah. And in which case, like, Taylor's off the hook and that just leaves uh, Kyle and Amanda to have to, to sort deal through, with it, yeah. to deal with, like, their shit. Which, I mean, honestly, though, I wouldn't be surprised if that is what happens. No, I could easily see that being like, and we never saw him again. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of, I, I, I mean, I kind of feel like that's where we are with this, you know, with the series right now. Where, you know, they're, ju- they're yeah, just, they're just, yeah. yeah, they're just throwing these, uh, all these storylines against a wall and they're seeing which one is going to stick. Yeah, I mean, it's like the theme from Grand Hotel. People come, yeah. people go, people die. And, th- and this is where I'm getting very frustrated once again. And we've been talking about this. Like, why do they have to just keep throwing shit at Amanda and Kyle? It's like one thing after Not another. Not only that, but it's like at this point, you know, like Amanda is supposed to be like the goddess of the show, like the cool one, the aspirational one. She has the suckiest life. If you mm-hmm. look at like her storyline, like her life sucks. Her weddings have sucked. She's been mistreated nonstop. She has no friends. She just struggles to keep these clients. She deals with the glass <laughs> dealing. Like, her life sucks. Yeah. yeah, there's no glamour there. Her life does suck. <laughs> you know, like, Samantha has, like, eating, like, a pig in, in shit and, like, is failing <laughs> upward. And Amanda has the suckiest life. <laughs> Poor Amanda. <laughs> Oh, Lord. I mean, and they're just dragging this thing out with Amanda and Kyle. They're going to just drag the sucker out, and it is exhausting. Yeah, and I just think we're not even close to the end. Oh, my God. So, yeah, I don't like it. I don't, I really don't. I, don't, I think like, I think it's tacky. I think it's tasteless, and you can say, like, well, it's Melrose Place, but, like, they had their own sort of logic. Um, and, like, this is just gross. Yeah, this whole storyline is terrible, and um, I I want it gone, but I'm not going to get that. That's not. I don't. I mean, I hope I'm wrong. I hope that I have like the worst brain ever, and I just am remembering it wrong. But I don't know. I don't think you are. Um. So just a real quick, like, literally breaking news as Karen and I were 
starting this podcast, found out that season six guest star of Melrose Place, Willie Garson, best known as Stanford Blatch on Sex and the City, passed away. So just wanted to give a real sad and sweet RIP to it. It seems like a really lovely and talented actor uh, who had a Melrose tie-in. Yeah, very sad to hear about his passing. Yeah. So we're going to head over to the boulevard. Um, we're getting the hell off the block. Um, <laughs> yeah, I know. We don't want to be there. We just but I think we there. have some. I think we have some cool, desirable things to talk about on the boulevard. So yes. follow us over, and hopefully you will enjoy. Uh, and then, meanwhile, we will see you. God knows what we have to discuss <laughs> next week when we return to the block. Nonetheless, we hope to see you then. Take care. Yeah.